And you go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18. We're going to be in verses 1 through 8 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one right in front of you there. It's on page 1115 of the Bible there. So as we look around the world today, there's no question that we are living in very challenging times. So many things going on in the world that we're living in. Political discourse, inflation, financial pressures, conflicts, wars. We started a study on Wednesday nights looking at the culture's attack on Christianity. The thing that we've learned even through that study and, and he's really bringing to light is that Satan has been very deliberate in his plan to change the culture around us. And unfortunately, a lot of that has infiltrated the church. It's plain to see that the enemy has been quite busy and even successful. And all of this has caused many people to begin to question things. Some people question everything. And of course, none of this is a, is a surprise to the Lord. He knows how we are. And so it, it caused Jesus to ask a question in today's parable. When the, Son, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a question that we will explore today's parable, the persistent widow. The parable illustrates the importance of persistent prayer for Christians. Like the widow that we'll read about, Christians should not give up, even when facing indifference, powerful opposition. Now the context that this parable uh, Jesus tells is, is found in chapter 17, and it's focused on the, um, the coming kingdom of God. And Jesus had been discussing the, the, the aspects of the in-between time as they lived in a, a sinful world and awaited the kingdom. The problems of, of evil and suffering and the need for justice would, would plague Jesus' followers as they awaited vindication. As they wrestled with these difficulties, they could know that their Heavenly Father listened and understood their plight. Considering God's ultimate victory, Christ's followers can know that the answer to their prayers for relief and justice is coming. In his time. Even though, even though Jesus' return may take longer than we want, we should not give up on prayer. Instead, we should be that more persistent as we await his return. So let's take a look at this parable, see the truths that are contained here, see these truths that teach us about the power of persistent prayer. So Luke chapter 18, 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Though so that she will not beat me down by her continually coming. 
And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So I want to look at a few, a few people here, um, three people that are illustrated in this parable. First, and some things about them. First, we, we notice the judge, and we, we notice the coldness of the judge. The scene pictures a judge who is godless and contemptuous. He's probably not a Jew, but he's a Gentile that had been set up to to settle disputes and keep the peace in the Roman Empire. There's a couple things that we notice about him. First thing is he is corrupt. This man did not care anything about God or man. All he cared about was himself and his own life. To put it simply, he was just a wicked man. To understand, to understand him better, we need to, to know a little bit about the, ju- the judicial system back then. Warren Wearsby describes it this way. The courtroom was not a fine building, but a tent that was moved from place to, to, from place, to place as the judge covered his circuit. The judge, not the law, set the agenda, and he sat regally in the tent, surrounded by his assistants. Anybody could watch the proceeding from outside, but only those who were approved and accepted could have their cases tried. This usually meant bribing the judge or one of the assistants. And this is still true in much of the third world countries today. So this judge, like many judges at that time, was corrupt. And he was also calloused. Even though he, he had heard the widow's petition, saw that she had a case, he turned a deaf ear to her pleas and for help and and ignored her. Widows and orphans were among the most vulnerable of all people. But he didn't care. He was hard-hearted. He was closed-minded, calloused to the needs of others. Now compare that to the, the, the cries of the widow. Her demand, we don't know what her complaint was uh, what it was about, but she had been wronged by someone and she was seeking justice. She was looking for justice. And it was so important to her that she kept coming to the judge looking for help. But she had some things going against her. She had some disadvantages. First, she was a woman. And a woman had few rights to be heard back at that time. She was a widow. So she didn't have a husband to speak up for her. She was a widow. She was a segment of the society that was oppressed and and often taken advantage of. She was a widow. That was synonymous with being poor. So she had no money to to grease the, the wheels of justice. She couldn't pay a bribe even if she wanted to. So here's this this helpless widow up against a, a callous judge who chooses to ignore her. She has a little hope of of getting the justice that she is after, so she uses the only weapon that she has, persistence. With nothing to lose, she makes herself an irritant to the judge, willing to drive him crazy with her constant request. When he would show up to court, there she was, 
When he went into the marketplace, there she was. She pleaded with him in front of his friends. She stalked him at home. Her constant crying was, was hurting this man's reputation. She was beating him down. The, the Greek word there is hypopias, and it means to hit under the eye. Literally, she was giving this, this man a black eye in the community. Everywhere he went, there she was. She had no other hope, nowhere else to turn. She would not stop until she got the answer she was looking for. Because of her persistence, he finally gives in and gives her the justice she was after. The widow obviously represents us. There are times that we're burdened with cares, worries, and fears, and troubles. Sometimes it, it may seem like circumstances of, every circumstance of life is, is just stacked against us. You may be tempted to say, well, what's the use? What's the use? Why bother? Especially after we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed and it doesn't seem like we'll ever get the answer that we're looking for. Yet if we can learn anything from this poor woman, let us learn, let us learn the lesson that persistence in prayer pays off in God's time. So keep praying. Despite all of the obstacles that you may be facing and despite all the signs that say that you should just give up, don't give up. Because Jesus shows, shows the contrast between a callous judge and a, a loving Heavenly Father. Jesus is not comparing the Father to the judge in this parable. Not like we have to pester God and annoy Him enough to finally give in to us. Like we can make Him do anything that, that we want just because He gets tired of hearing from us. That's, that's not what Jesus is saying here. That's not what He's arguing, that we need to pester God. No, Jesus is making a, a dramatic contrast. He says, even if an unjust judge will respond with constant pressure, how much more... How much more will a great and loving God respond to his people? If an evil, corrupt man will give in, how much more will a loving and gracious God? The, ju the judge is corrupt and wicked. God the Father is holy and pure and just. His very nature seeks only what is right and good. He can't be manipulated to do anything that goes against his nature. The judge is callous. God the Father is loving, gracious, merciful, compassionate. Psalm 116.15 Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. Psalm 103.13-14 103, 13 through 14. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we, that we are dust. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that, that we should be called children of God. God is loving and gracious and merciful and compassionate. God the Father is nothing like the judge. The Father delights 
in answering the prayers of his children. He anxiously waits to hear from us. Isaiah 65, 24. Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. He is anxiously waiting for us to reach out to him. Before you're even done, he's already got the answer on the way. Even if it doesn't show up right then, that answer is already on the way and it's making its way. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Jesus, in this parable, says to believers, the Father loves you. You can believe that he hears your cries for help. You can trust that one day he will bring about justice for his children who cry to him day and night. Who cry to him day and night. Those who are persistent to him in prayer as they seek to be obedient to him in the sinful world. There's a t-shirt and, and, and probably a plaque that I'm sure many of you have seen that, that says, life is short, pray hard. Hard work means sweat, fatigue, and, and sometimes muscle strain. Sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes that's what it takes. You have to pray hard. Sometimes we're, we're so easy with our prayers. We just want to throw one up and then go about our life. Sometimes we have to pray hard. How do we do that? By being persistent. By working at it. By not giving up. How can we be persistent in prayer? First, we, we need to be committed Jesus told the parable that they, that they ought always to pray. That's what he says. That they ought always to pray. In the Bible, the word ought is often used to convey the responsibility and the expectation that God places on his people. Dictionaries define it, uh, define ought as the morally right thing to do, an obligation, an expectation used to express something that you expect to happen that you expect to happen jesus says i expect my people to always pray he doesn't say i you know it would be nice if they did it would be beneficial it would be a good thing gee whiz it would be nice no he says i expect my people always to pray There's an obligation. There's an expectation to always pray. So we must be committed to always pray. That's the idea we find in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Without ceasing, without ceasing has the idea of, of no inter, intermission. Uninterrupted. Constantly. Not stopping. It's a, a constant state of prayer. Now, this doesn't mean that we're, we're constantly on our knees, constantly in our prayer closet. This is, this is an attitude of the heart that we are in constant communication with Him. Every moment of the day, 
Every hour, every time something comes up, boom, right there. It's, it's, like, it's like we've got the phone line open all the time. And as soon as something comes up, boom, right there. We're talking to him about it. This comes up, boom, right there. We're talking to him about it. Something good happens. Hey, joy. praise God for what you've done. Thank you for this blessing. Difficulty comes up. Lord, I need your help. Constantly. It's, a, it's, a constant, it's an attitude of constant communication with him. It's important for us to be committed to prayer because, because not every prayer we offer will be answered immediately. Some prayers require considerable time and effort on our part. The answer may not come right away. Or it may not come the way that we wanted it to. But being committed to prayer means to never stop praying. Even when the answer doesn't come right away. Especially when the answer doesn't come right away. Even when the answer is not what we wanted. Especially when the answer is not what we wanted. But prayer is is more than an obligation because it's it's also an opportunity, an opportunity for us to be in touch with our Heavenly Father any time the need arises. Praying uh, to God is a special time of fellowship when our hearts are connected with our Heavenly Father, constantly connected to Him. Never have to worry. It's always there. We're constantly connected with Him. In a world filled with turmoil and distractions, Prayer stands as our refuge. It's our lifeline to the Almighty. I mean, we talk about how messed up the world is. How much more do we need to be connected to the Lord God Almighty through this time? It's through the power of prayer that we can find peace and strength and guidance amongst the trials and the tribulations of life. Now, unbelievers may succumb to, to anger, resentment, or despair when, when, they, when they face problems of life. But time spent in prayer builds your faith as you trust in God and His answer for you in the face of those difficulties. And this is a place that we, where we can find healing and forgiveness. 2 Chronicles 7.14 And if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now obviously there the Lord was was talking to the nation of Israel, but, but, but the principle is the same. If we will humble ourselves, pray and seek Him, He will bring healing to us. In our communities, Lord knows we, we need to be more committed to doing that. Amen? As followers of Jesus, we are to be committed to an attitude of prayer, seeking His will, surrendering our needs and our desires before Him. Being committed is, is an expectation, it's an attitude, it's an opportunity, it's a, it's a lifeline that we need to be connected to. If you want to see God answer prayer in your life, be committed to prayer. The widow received her answer because she was committed to seeking it. She didn't stop. She was committed. And then you need to be courageous. Jesus said that we should be committed and not lose heart. 
the parable here. Jesus challenges us to be courageous and to not lose heart during the times when, when the answer seems to be delayed. Don't give up. Keep praying. Don't lose heart, he says. God will move in his time. This is illustrated by, God, by the Lord's promise in Galatians 6, 9. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If we do not give up. In due season. But that can be hard to do. That can be so hard to do for us, right? To pray and to pray and not see the answer. For many, this can cause them to lose faith. Ted Turner, most of us are familiar with Ted Turner, the, the KB, cable television millionaire. He, he sold off CNN several years ago. But Turner came from a Christian home, but he had a very troubled childhood. I know, it's kind of surprising to, after all that he's done to, to know that he came from a Christian home. When he was 15, his 12-year-old sister contracted lupus. She was racked with pain constantly vomiting, and her screams would fill the house. And Ted would regularly come home, and he would hold her hand and try to comfort her. He prayed for her recovery. She prayed to die. And after years of misery, she finally succumbed, and she did die. His father renounced religion and committed suicide. That's the type of God he, he is. I, I want nothing to do with him, he said. Ted lost his faith. He said, I was taught that God was love and God was powerful, and I couldn't understand how someone so innocent should be made or, should be made or allowed to suffer so. Years later, Ted Turner was at the 1990 American Humanist association banquet and there he was there to receive an award for his work for the environment and world peace and things like that during his speech he he openly criticized fundamental christianity he famously said christianity is a is a religion for losers he went on to say i've been saved seven or eight times but i gave up on it when despite my prayers my sister died. The more I strayed from my faith, the better I felt. Well, Ted Turner was dead wrong. He was only fooling himself about that. But he reflects an attitude many people have with prayer. Many people will pray about something for a while when the, when the answer doesn't come when they think it should or, or, or the way they, they wanted it. They lose heart. Sometimes they lose faith. They just throw up their hands and defeat and say, well, what's the use? Why bother? Many of us would not like to admit it, but we've done the same thing. But Jesus challenges that idea in this parable. He says to be committed to prayer. 
Don't lose heart, even when the answer doesn't come right away. Keep going, even if it doesn't seem like he's listening, because he is. He is listening. Many of us are familiar with John Wesley, the great Methodist preacher. And he had times where it seemed God was silent during his early years in ministry. And he logged a few of these in his diary. He says, Sunday morning, May 5th, preached in St. Anne's, asked, asked not to come back. Sunday night, May 5th, preached in St. John's, deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m., May 12th, preached in St. Jude's, can't go back there either. Sunday p.m., May 19th, preached in St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday a.m., May 26th, preached on street, kicked off street. Sunday a.m., June 2nd, preached at the edge of town, kicked off highway. Yeah. God, are you there? Sunday p.m., June 2nd, preached in a pasture. 10,000 came. Yeah. It may seem like God is not answering. The answer is on the way. If you and I are to get an answer to our prayers, it may take some action. Committed, courageous, persistent action. Don't lose heart. The answer might be right around the corner. Could you imagine? Sunday morning, June 2nd. John Wesley, after being kicked off the edge of the road, kicked out of town, sit. Throw in the towel. I'm done. But he didn't. Kept going. Kept praying. 10,000 came. So be comforted. The last question in verse 8 wonders if Jesus will find faith when he returns. That is, will he find his people persisting in prayer before the Father on things that really matter? Well, the answer to that question really depends on you and me. We may be faithful. Then again, we may not. We might persist. Then again, we might not. We say, well, what comfort is that? It lies in what Jesus said. Notice that he said, when the Son of Man comes. When the Son of Man comes, the comfort in prayer is this. God's, pap- God's people may not always do what they're supposed to do, but they can count on the Lord to keep His promises, everyone that He's ever made. He will be faithful to honor His Word to us. We may feel like giving up, but if you keep on praying, He will 
answer in his time. That is his promise. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. 1 John five fourteen through 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have, been, that we have asked of him. It is through prayer that we align our will with his. Surrendering, surrendering ourselves and our plans to his perfect purpose. One of the reasons that we need to persist in prayer is because the time that we spend with him in prayer our prayers begin to conform to His will, to His purposes. As we spend time connected to Him, He transforms our thinking. And those selfish prayers begin to go away. And we begin to stop thinking of ourselves and praying for ourselves. We begin, we begin to pray for others. We, we begin to pray for the kingdom. What's important, what's truly important, that becomes the burden of our hearts. Not that we would get that new car. Not that the mechanic would miraculously fix the car for 50 bucks. No. That we would be used by God to reach somebody for the kingdom. In Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, we're reminded to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The world is ravaged by increasingly ominous conflicts. We watch the news and we wonder what in the world is going to happen next. It's easy to lose heart. We see the, the huge moral shift that's taken place in our culture from being based on God and His world to being based on us and, and our desires. It's easy to lose heart. We see the, the growing drift in many churches toward becoming more about us than God and more about gathering a crowd than about honoring the Lord. It's easy to lose heart. Then there are personal burdens that many of us carry. Some are enduring long struggles over health, the endless rounds of treatments and the draining effects of wondering, is this ever going to get better? Some are enduring great difficulties with loved ones. Life at home is soured. There's relationships that are strained. There's, there's prodigals that you anxiously wait to come home estrangement from some and no idea how to even restart the conversation with them. 
You don't rest. You don't find peace. Some of you would say, well, my life is not what I, what I want it to be. It's not what I signed up for. Never thought I'd find myself here. Jesus says, don't lose heart. God sees your desperate situation. He hears your pleas for help. Go to Him in prayer. Psalm 102.17 He will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. When you have nothing to offer Him, He hears you. He hears the cry of your heart. He sees your situation. We may not get the answer we want immediately, but we must keep asking and, and keep believing. Be comforted to know that God will answer in His time. The key is, is not to give up. Be courageous. Don't lose heart. God isn't just making us wait. He is working out the answers that we seek. And often it's coming in ways that we would never expect. His ways are much higher than our ways. We're willing to settle for this, and He's got that waiting for us. But we have to be patient. Our persistence in prayer demonstrates the depth of our burden. If you can pray about an item once or twice and then give up, then you're really not very burdened about it, are you? It's kind of like a kid who sees a commercial on TV, that new toy. Ooh, Mom, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. For three days, that's all you hear about. G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, that's what I want. G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. Three days, nonstop. Until he sees another commercial. Hungry hippo, hungry hippo. That's what I want, Mom. Hungry, hungry hippo. I've got to have one of those. Often the way we are. We're not really that burdened about it. We say we are until we get distracted by the next thing. A genuine burden will put you before God and will keep you there until He answers. You won't let go. You wrestle with Him in prayer. Even if it means being, having your hip dislocated. Right? Like the widow that would not stop until she got her answer. Jesus told this parable so that we ought always to pray, not lose heart. We must be committed to persistent prayer. That doesn't mean that prayer is simply a religious duty that we fulfill out of an obligation or tradition. It's not merely a formality or ritual that we go through. It's not a, a way for us to manipulate or to control God as if we can twist His arm to do our bidding. Prayer is not a means for us to get what we want from God, but rather a way for us to align our hearts and will with His. An opportunity to seek His guidance, His wisdom, His strength. It doesn't mean that prayer is the only thing we should do. Well, prayer is indeed important. 
necessary. We ought always to pray. It's not meant to replace or, or negate our other responsibilities. Take action to, to, and work towards the fulfillment of God's purposes in our lives and the world. We're not to just sit and pray. We're to pray and then we're to be working and doing the other things. We sang a song earlier, In the Garden. There's that one line in there that says, I'd stay in the garden with him, but he bids me go through the voice of woe. And some people are a little confused by that line. But the writer who wrote that says that that was based on Mary as she was in the garden. As she comes to the tomb and she is crying, despairing over the loss of her Jesus. He's dead. She's praying to the Father. Why? All these things. And then Jesus appears. And Jesus says, Mary, your prayers have been answered. Don't sit there and just cry. Go and tell everyone the good news. He bids me go through the tears of woe. Mary, get up. Get up and go and tell everyone. Your prayer has been answered. Here I am. We need to do the same thing. When we're persistent in prayer, when we're committed to prayer, we spend that time devoted to Him. And then God answers prayer. We need, to, we need to share that with everyone. We need to tell the world, this is what God has done for me. He answers prayer. One of the things that we do on Wednesdays, after our time of study, we have a time of prayer. We have an opportunity to share updates, things that we've been praying about. This is how God answered it. And this is exciting about when we, when we see things that we've been praying for and praying for and praying for, and then God answers it. Praise God. We need to share the good news. Men ought always to pray as a call for us to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer where we are in continuous communi communication with God, seeking His presence, His guidance, His transformation in every as aspect of our lives. It's an invitation to experience the power and the intimacy of a relationship with the Holy Spirit who empowers us and equips us to live out God's will and His purposes. When the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth, Jesus asked. That question implies that true faith will be comparatively rare. Christ has not returned yet. And he's made it clear that the time until he does will be difficult. It will be marked with persecution, apostasy, and, and unbelief. During this time, God's people are to help others find the kingdom. And to be strengthened in their own faith. 
Their needs should cause them to be on their knees constantly, knowing that God alone is their help. Will people have persisted in faith? Will they be ready and waiting when He comes? No matter how difficult things may get in this life, we ought always to pray so that we don't lose heart. We unlock the power of persistent prayers. We're committed and courageous and ultimately comforted when we take everything to the Lord in prayer. What an amazing privilege that we have. Amen? To be able to take every care, every concern of our life to the God of creation. Why? Why would we turn to anything else? Why do we turn to that as a last resort? That is our secret weapon as we face this world. We should be in constant communication with Him. Pray without ceasing. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, we we come before You again and we thank You for Your Word. Lord Jesus, we thank You for recognizing who we are, how we behave, what we need. Lord Jesus, I do pray that we would pray without ceasing, that we would always be in prayer, in constant communication with our Heavenly Father and with our Lord Jesus who who makes pleas on our behalf. I pray that we would not lose heart in spite of how difficult this world may become and, and the things that we see going on all around us, the oppression and the persecution and the apostasy and the unbelief, and it would be so easy to become discouraged. But we know our faith is, is not in those things. Our faith is not in this world and politicians or money or our creativity, our faith is in our Heavenly Father who is abundantly able to do more than we could ever imagine. He is faithful and just. And He hears our pleas. I pray that You would help us to be committed prayer, that we would be courageous, that you would bring us all comfort. We thank you for all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.